Bill Michaels Show. We continue on on a day that seems to be just uh, flying by, for lack of a better term. He has uh, got some stuff coming up on Pro Football Focus. They've got free agency out there. They've got contracts for players. And also, uh, he was at the Combine. And uh, joining us now on the hotline is uh, our, our correspondent, if you will, that's been on the show numerous times. It's our buddy Brad Spielberger from Pro Football Focus. And you can find him. Uh, at PFF underscore Brad and overthecap.com as well. Brad, how you doing? I'm doing great. How you doing? We're doing well. So let's start, first of all, with the breaking news of the day, Derek Carr going to the Saints. So in your estimation, does this mean, uh, do you feel like Rodgers is off to the Jets or that suddenly the price for Aaron Rodgers just rose because Derek Carr is off the market? You know, especially with the details just broke about 30 seconds ago. Uh, his contract is a four-year deal for $150 million. Uh, 100 in total guarantees, looks like 70 fully guaranteed at signing. So, um, you know, a strong deal as well. You know, about in line with his prior deal that teams were looking to trade for. Obviously, that, that's not materialized. So, you know, do I think Rodgers' price went up? Perhaps. Uh, I, I don't think the Saints were necessarily a suitor for Rodgers. So, you know, if it took the Jets off the market, maybe then you could argue, okay, there's fewer teams now bidding for his services. Uh, at the same time, though, it's a very unique situation where I think teams are just trying to gauge how many years of football does this guy want to play? I don't want to pay him $60 million for maybe one season on top of the trade package I'd have to send. So uh, two things I want to ask you. First of all, I you know most people seem to think Rodgers is going to come back. But I want your opinion, and you guys looked at uh, Aaron Rodgers. You rated Aaron Rodgers. I said maybe I thought he became a step slow. He was a little less elusive. Obviously, the broken thumb had something to do with the accuracy, that and the fact that he was learning you know, on the fly with new receivers who were also banged up. Has his play slipped, or do you feel like he just had one off season and he's going to come back with a vengeance this season? You know, I think it was probably more to injuries uh, than maybe we realized. Obviously, he tries to play through everything throughout his entire career. I think the film really bothered him, and you saw that on tape. You know, some errant throws, some, some slightly inaccurate balls that I think you could maybe attribute to that. Obviously, some other nicks and bruises along the way. So, you know, is he going to get back to back-to-back MVP form? Maybe not, but you know, we're so closely removed from those seasons. I think he can play at a, a near that level um, for the next couple of years. I mean, you look at the team – Obviously, the injuries along the offensive line, trying to work in all these new young wide receivers. And when the chemistry finally developed there with a guy like Christian Watson, you did see you know, that five-game win streak late in the year and, and more production across the board, more efficiency. So I think he still has it for a couple more years. Okay, now the next question I have for you. So you've got, you know, Tony Pollard. He has been uh, tagged by the Cowboys. you got some decisions to make with Daniel Jones and then Saquon Barkley on top of that. We see some of these ramifications beginning to come more evident over the next 24, 48 hours, maybe even a little bit longer than that. Tell me some of the names that you see that are going to be on the market. Well, I'm sorry, can you repeat that? Tell me some of the names that you see that are going to be out there on the market as we start to look at a guy like Saquon Barkley. Lamar Jackson's deal still hasn't been done. You would assume they're going to franchise tag him. Pollard's been franchise tag. Zeke Elliott could probably be out there. There's uh, teams talking about shopping now uh, the Titans, Derrick Henry. Who who do you feel some of the names might be on the market for other teams to start looking at? I got you. Yeah, so, you know, I really do think at this point we're going to see Saquon Barkley reach the market. I know Daniel Jones' group is in New York trying to iron out a deal before the deadline tomorrow for the franchise tag at 4 p.m., but I just think it's too short of a window for those two sides to work out a deal. So I think Saquon Barkley is going to test the open market. He want to be better running backs to reach the market. You know, I think David Montgomery in Chicago is probably going to 
reached the open market as well, maybe garnered some interest. There are so many names at that position. Like you said, obviously more names being added with Derrick Henry, maybe a trade candidate. Um, you know, you, you just look around the NFL, and there's all different types of running back, too. You want kind of a bruiser on early downs, a guy like Rashad Penny in Seattle, Jamal Williams, you know, of course, former Green Bay Packer, uh, coming off his 17-touchdown season. And then you want kind of an outside zone, speedier guy like Raheem Mostert. Um, there, there are options all over the board, and I think it's going to be a very active free agency for a lot of these running backs. Being at the Combine, anything uh, really intrigue you? Yeah, you know, I think a couple names had jumped out that, that I thought we were going to get solid deals, but two names in particular, one on each side of the ball, that I think are going to get really, really strong contracts. So the first is Juwan Taylor at right tackle for the Jacksonville Jaguars. I thought he was going to get around $15, 16000000 $16 per year. Maybe it still ends up there, but you heard all week, maybe he gets into the $18 million per year conversation, becomes one of the five highest-paid right tackles in the NFL. I had two different team people say he is an elite, quote-unquote, uh, uh, pass protector could get better as a run blocker, but a really, really high level pass protector at just 25 years old. And then on the defensive side of the ball, Denver Broncos interior defensive lineman, Draymond Jones, another guy I thought would get maybe 14, 15 million per year. Sounds like he could get 17, 18 as well. Um, with the franchise tag for Deron Payne, with the age on guys like Javon Hargrave and Dallin Tomlinson and some others, he's kind of viewed as the one prize younger interior defensive lineman and could do very well. So as we sit here and start to look towards free agency, and we know the market's going to heat up here within a week. Uh, so, I mean, I, the Packers, we don't think they're going to have a ton of money to spend, but who may be able to be out there safety-wise, maybe a veteran wide receiver that could help the Packers for a, we'll say, a mid-level deal? Yeah, I think safety is one position to definitely point to, and there are a lot of quality players there. And so I think, you know, outside of the Jesse Bates of the world, there's a lot of mid-tier guys. I think a player like Von Bell makes a ton of sense. Um, coming off another year with the Cincinnati Bengals, they have a lot of free agents as well, a lot of money to spend, of course, on Joe Burrow and T. Higgins and so on. So, you know, a guy that can play too high, single high, do a lot of different things, a reliable player, does not miss a lot of time. I think Von Bell makes a ton of sense. And then one more guy I find intriguing is, is Jimmy Ward. So coming off another season with the San Francisco 49ers, had been a safety, kind of a free safety type historically. This past season gets a little bit hurt. Comes back, and apparently Kyle Shanahan said, if you want to start, you got to play slot corner. And as you know, the Packers could probably use some help in the slot. Obviously, Darnell Savage got some time in there. They tried a bunch of different things. But if you want a DB that can play safety but has shown last year was actually really good in the slot to close the season, from week eight to the end of the year, had an 80 coverage grade in the slot, top 15 at the position. So those two guys, you know, veterans, good players, durable players, good run defenders, I think make a lot of sense. The uh, the tight end position is something that the Packers are going to need to upgrade as well. We know that Robert Tanya came off of an ACL last year and didn't look nearly as good as he had in the past, and I don't know how much that hampered him or didn't hamper him, but Mercedes Lewis is getting older. They need to upgrade that position. Is that something you do in free agency, or is there uh, enough depth and quality in the draft that they could upgrade that position almost immediately? It does look like a you know historically good tight end draft class. You know A lot of guys, we already knew about the big names, the Michael Myers, Darnell Washington, Dalton Kincaid's of the world. But I thought a guy like Sam Laporta out of Iowa had a great uh, combine, a bunch of other names you could go through. If you want to look at free agency, I think a player like Austin Hooper makes a ton of sense. 
um, you know, some connections to Matt LaFleur in there and playing with coaches that he has coached with in the past, obviously in Tennessee this past season, you know, a good blocker that can also catch the ball, you know, find soft spots in zones and get some yards after the catch. I think that makes a ton of sense. Um, they can probably do both. I mean, there is a lot of talent in both groups, which is, you know, lines up well with their needs. Uh, I know the Packers are going to be looking for wide receiver help as well. So uh, tell me, because this doesn't seem to be, at least from what I've read, a very wide receiver deep draft, right? It's not good in the draft, and it's not good in free agency either. So they they might be, you know, struggling a bit. They obviously need to have more and more growth from Christian Watson and Romeo Dobbs. I think maybe you, you can attack the slot a little bit if they don't bring back Randall Cobb. You know, a guy like Paris Campbell in Indianapolis, I think, will be a mid-tier signing. And then in the draft, there are a lot of those slot types. You know, the big names, again, Jackson Smith and Jigba, Jordan Addison are some of the bigger names. Um, but I think you also can see guys like Tank Dell out of Houston as a good shifty slot guy that maybe you get late day two, realistically maybe early day three. Um, they'll have options there, uh, but no one I think that comes in and makes an immediate big impact, you know, next year. Um, then I want to go to the draft is the Packers uh, draft at number 15. So let's just say they hold tight there. Give me your thoughts as the draft board, maybe your draft board kind of works out to see what the Packers may or may not grab. Yeah, you know, I, I think they're going to stick to their classic Packers approach and probably go um, somewhere in the trenches, but it's the offensive or defensive side of the ball. Uh, I think that is where they'll look. You know, I think a guy like a Kalijah Cancy out of Pittsburgh had a phenomenal week this past week and is now getting mocked in the top 10 by – I think he could fall into their range. And I think he's a good kind of undersized guy. You pair next to Kenny Clark, more of a pass rusher, can get upfield and generate some pressure. I think that would make a ton of sense. On the offensive side of the ball, a guy like Peter Skaronsky at a Northwestern, you know, a little bit shorter arms, maybe is a guard, but probably another one of those players like Elton Jenkins that you could start all over the place and will give you some good football. I think those guys make sense. Um, you know, Paris Johnson out of Ohio State, a more true tackle, uh, measured well, tested well. Um, you know, a lot of those guys I don't think are, you know, top 10 guys that teams are clamoring for, um, but could be good values at 15. Talking with uh, our buddy Brad Spielberger, Pro Football Focus, at PFF underscore Brad, also with OverTheCap.com. Now I want to get into the cap side side of things real quick. We know where the Packers are. Uh, I think the estimate is about $17 million under the cap right now. If we all figure that whatever happens with Aaron Rodgers, they're going to have to restructure that deal. How much money do you think they're going to be able to gain, whether it's keeping Rodgers on the roster to gain additional money on the salary cap, or how much do you think they're going to have to eat to be able to trade him away? Yeah, so, you know, if they do trade him away, they have $40 million in dead cap, and they would lose a little bit of cap space. But arguably more importantly is you clear about $60 million in cash. Uh, so you then can feel much more flexible from a spending standpoint um, and, and can push some money around, push some cap hits into the future. You know, the big one I, I really think to keep an eye on is still David Bakhtiari. We've heard nothing as of yet. Maybe he's still back, but, you know, can clear about $15, $16 million there moving on from him potentially. Um, don't take a huge dead cap hit in that situation. Um, you know, that's the biggest one, the big ticket one. And then you look at some more mid-tier options. I, I think, you know, we obviously saw the restructure for guys like Preston Smith. I think that was, you know, made sense. There was, had to be something that happened there. But they're in a fine cap spot if they do keep Rodgers. I think it's just, as we talked about, are they going to make a splash in free agency if they keep him? Probably not. If they don't, let's say they trade him away, obviously add some draft picks, try to build around a Jordan Love, and maybe then you do foray into an upper-middle-tier free agent-type signing. I uh, I look at uh, Aaron Rodgers and what he may or may not restructure, but the David Bakhtiari thing becomes interesting because I know Gudikin said 
that hard, you know, left tackles are hard to find. And David Bakhtiari played extremely well when he played this past season. And you're only going to gain about $6 million bucks if you end up cutting them loose. So I can't imagine they're going to cut them loose. I would figure that another restructure is in his future. So if the Packers say do the max and max out some of these other contracts to restructure and you still gain some from Aaron Rodgers, are we talking about a team that's got, say, 25 to $30 million to spend? Uh, now, to 8 to 10 of that, obviously, is going to be for, you know, your incoming rookies. But is that, that about the amount that they could end up with by the time it's all said and done? Yeah, so you can get about $8 million with a max restructure on David Bakhtiari. You get about three with a max restructure on Devondre Campbell. Um, a guy like Rasul Douglas gets you around $2 million, And then everybody else, is, it's six figures. So if you do those three moves on top of what they've already done, obviously with Kenny Clark and Preston Smith, you're in that $25 million, um, you know, in 2023 cap space conversation. As of today, the draft class isn't going to take a ton of money, you know, in new cap space to replace what's currently on there. Maybe about four million dollars in cash space. So yeah, then you're you're right okay. around that twenty million conversation. Um, real quick before I let you go, and I got to ask because there's so many there's so much speculation out there. So let's just say, have you figured it out if, if Rogers plays, if he doesn't play, if he retires, if he gets traded, what what all the money actually owed to Aaron Rodgers is going to be? Yeah. So in 2023, he's owed fifty nine and a half million dollars in cash. Uh, the tricky thing and the complicated thing right now is technically all of his money next year is in salary. So as of today, he has a salary for that, that number at $59.5 million. What happens is if they exercise this option in his contract, then you chop off basically all the money besides a minimum salary of $1.165 million, and you convert it into a bonus and spread that out over, as of right now, four years. So about $15 million in each of those four years. Um, you know, that is the way it's currently set up. And that's why I think it complicates the trade conversation. Because like I said, I mean, if you're another team, yes, he's Aaron Rodgers. Yes, you want to bring him in. But you're talking maybe two firsts or maybe a first and a, and a second or something like that. But what's the, he comes in, you pay him $60 million, and then he retires. You know, that's going to give a lot of teams pause. Now, if he retires, what does he get? Does he get all that $60 million? No, he does not. So, so you do not, uh, you know, earn, I know it's guaranteed, quote unquote, and fully guaranteed, but if you don't earn money, then it doesn't matter. You still have to, you know, be on the roster to trigger it or, or play, you know, for salary purposes, you know, play for it. So they wouldn't exercise that option bonus and it would all be salary. And if he retired, he wouldn't earn it. So he would not get any of that money. Um, you know, he basically would forfeit it. Uh, I guess you could say that. Um, that's why I think he's going to come back. But I will say you have a couple of conversations in Indianapolis this past week and people tell you, Look, they're not betting he's going to retire, but they think it's a much more realistic possibility than maybe we in the media are giving you credit for. Okay, real quick. So, because I know that they've pushed money from Rodgers down the road before. So, if he retires, it's basically he gets paid nothing. So, he obviously would have all the bonuses from from the past, and, and the Packers are not going to go after, you know, prior bonus money like we saw with a – um, right. You know, Calvin Johnson, Detroit, for example, they would never do that. Um, but yeah, from a 2023 cash standpoint, if he retires, he's not getting any any of that 59.5 million in cash, um, and the team would basically you know realize that in cap savings or cash savings or whatever have you, um, if he does step away. Okay, but then the 40 million still sits there, correct, or does it? He didn't. Yeah, no. Then he'd still have that 40 million in dead cap because that is all just prior. You know, signing bonus and restructure bonus proration. You can't you can't meddle with that. It, it's on the books. You know, in stone. 
Right. So there you go. So uh, if he retires, it's uh, over forty, a little bit over $40 million of a cap hit that the Packers take immediately. And if he doesn't retire, they can restructure it depending on how long he wants to play and what he wants to do. And then if he retires, the Packers still take the cap hit, but he doesn't get uh, doesn't get money. So there you have it. Uh, great stuff, Brad. Appreciate it as always, buddy. And we'll talk to you soon. OK, sounds great. Thank you. Thanks so much. You can read his stuff. Pro football focus. PFF underscore Brad with over the dot com. So Rodgers gets, uh, like he said, he gets a little bit of that money, and that's about the extent of it. Uh, he doesn't get to the guaranteed money at all, and the Packers are then saddled with the $40.3 million worth of cap hit if indeed Rodgers would say, I'm going to call it a career, which is why you would want him to wait until after the uh, June 1st to be able to split that money up into a couple of years where they don't have to absorb the 40.3. It would be 20.15 over two years that they would be able to spread out for the cap hit. So... Uh, a lot of stuff there. A lot of stuff there. Hang in there. We got a lot more of the Bill Michael Show coming up. Don't forget, bottom of the hour, also going to take our uh, trip over to New York. And uh, and we're going to talk uh, to uh, Zach Rosenblatt uh, with The Athletic. He covers the Jets. We want to get the Jets' perspective on this and what he's hearing in New York. Stay tuned. We got a whole lot more of the Bill Michael Show. It's all coming up right after this. This is the Bill Michael Show on the Wisconsin Sports Zone Radio Network. Continue on. Glad, uh, glad you're here. Good stuff from our buddy Brad Spielberger, uh, Pro Football Focus. Uh, great to talk to him for a couple of minutes and kind of get his perspective on all of this and what's available, what's not available. Uh, and again, the wide receiver core in this draft, not huge. Uh, the top has got some really good ones, and then you've got uh, more so tight ends than anything that are more available in this draft. And uh, when you start to kind of roll through this, what the availability is going to be, when it comes to the Green Bay Packers getting more weaponry, um, the uh, the Packers, well, um, as we've said before, the Packers are going to need to kind of do a few things, uh, whether it's via free agency or not, to uh, bolster this offense. So we shall see. We shall see what the Packers actually do. But uh, good stuff from Brad, Brad Spielberger. And then coming up here at the, after the bottom of the hour, uh, we're going to be talking uh, to Zach Rosenblatt, and he works with The Athletic. We're going to talk with him uh, about the New York Jets' perspective in all of this as the breaking news of the day is that Derek Carr is signing with the uh, New Orleans Saints, and that would then leave the Jets without a quarterback if indeed they don't get Aaron Rodgers. So there's some discussion there. Uh, some more thoughts on the Badgers. We were talking about that a little bit earlier, and Ken seems to think that the Badgers are going to need to win uh, the first two games. In the Big Ten tournament, if they're going to get in, otherwise they just will not make it. Uh, they're a very good team. They're just not a very good team at winning. They've lost a lot of close games, and hopefully this season is a learning environment for what's to come next year. We have, we talked about that a little bit uh, this past week with uh, Rowdy Ben that the Badgers have lost quite a few, um, you know, single or to maybe two possession games, close games uh, against good teams. But the loss is the loss after a while. I mean, if you're winning some of these games and losing some of these games, maybe you're a team that's on the come. 
But right now you're just a team that's fighting and fighting and fighting and playing extremely hard, but you don't have the wins to show for it. You know what I mean? Yeah. What what sucks about it is so many of the losses were either when they were uh, short-manned with Tyler Wall out, but they were all because of very preventable mistakes. They just couldn't make free throws. They couldn't finish layups. They would go through these really long dry spells on offense. Right. And it really took until last night against Minnesota to see the the older leadership on the team in Chucky Hepburn, uh, Tyler Wall, and Stephen Crowell really have a different look in their eyes in the second half and go down mm-hmm. the court every time. And the intensity was there after they scored. And part of it was the fact that they were efficient. But you kind of felt a different energy from them last night. Like they were not going to lose that game that you didn't see previously for whatever reason, which sucks. But it could be a good thing. It could mean that going into March, now now they've unlocked that. Now they know they can do it. Yeah. No, I I agree. And and I also think that maybe this was the backs against the wall. You knew you had to have it. You know what I mean? You had to have that game. And you couldn't let that one slip through your fingers as well. So maybe that was part of it. And you saw a little bit of the desperation last night, and, and they did. They played uh, They played well down the stretch. Uh, 877-867-1670. Also want to talk a little Brewers coming up here after the top of the hour. We'll get into that somewhat. Uh, by the way, the uh, the word is out now on the contract for, uh, for, for um, uh, Derek Carr. And uh, so uh, the um, – the Derek Carr contract, four years, 100 and what is it? Four years, $150 million? Yes. Or no? Four, yeah, four, four years, $150 million. Four years, $150 million. Now, uh, there is a signing bonus, uh, or excuse me, the uh, the signing uh, money up front is about $100 million in total guarantees, $70 million fully guaranteed, $60 million at signing, another $10 million. Uh, in year three of the vesting, after year one, Carr structures his deal to accommodate the salary cap issues that the Saints have. But uh, four years, one hundred fifty million, a hundred million in total guarantee, sixty million at signing, ten million after th- uh, year three, and seventy million effectively fully guaranteed with regardless. So Derek Carr just cashed in. Uh, he's not looking back from the Raiders. I'll tell you that. He just cashed in. So now you wonder, first of all, what does that do to the market for Lamar Jackson? Because, again, not a fully guaranteed contract. A lot of guaranteed money, but not a fully guaranteed contract. Uh, And what does that do for the Jets? What does that do for Rodgers? What will Rodgers end up doing as far as giving some of this money the ability to uh, give some of it back, so to speak, salary-wise, to be able to allow the Packers to get even further under the salary cap? And you heard what we just had with uh, with Brad Spielberger, that if they restructured the max contracts to be able to restructure, including David Bakhtiari, they're going to have about $25 million, 4 to $5 million for uh, some of the younger guys. The draft choices coming in, which gives you about twenty, and they can maybe get an extra ten to fifteen out of Aaron Rodgers. You could have quite a bit of money to spend. Now, granted, you are completely pressed up against it. You are maxed out. But you could actually, if you said you wanted to bring Rodgers back, you would have enough money to, in essence, quote, go for it and would be able to do that. So if that's the route you want to take and you're the Green Bay Packers and you still believe that Aaron Rodgers gives you the best chance to win, well, 
Maybe that's what you end up doing before it's all said and done. 877-867-1670. Coming up, Zach Rosenblatt going to join us from The Athletic. He covers the uh, he covers the Jets. J-E-T-S, Jets, Jets, Jets. That's coming up after the bottom of the hour. This portion of the program brought to you by our friends at the Nice Ash Cigar Bar. 323 West Main Street, downtown Waukesha. They've got uh, bourbons and whiskeys, fine ones. Large walk-in humidor. They have live music uh, Thursday, Friday, Saturdays. 13 different flavors of hookahs. They have got, uh, it's just a good place. It's, it's a great place to go and sit and meet downtown Waukesha. Again, support downtown Waukesha as it continues to recover from years ago from the uh, Christmas uh, parade tragedy right there on Main Street. Uh, but just good people. Go to theniceash.com. That's theniceash.com. Nice Ash Cigar Park, downtown Waukesha. Coming up next, going to talk to Zach Rosenblatt of The Athletic. Covers the Jets. He'll join us right after this. Covering Wisconsin sports like a blanket, this is The Bill Michael Show on the Wisconsin Sports Zone Radio Network. You got to hit it, bang it, rock it, put it in the pocket. Hit it, bang it, rock it, put it in the pocket. Hit it, bang it, rock it, put it in the pocket. Welcome back to the program. Glad to have you. The Bill Michael Show. We continue on. Uh, the big news of the day, if you're just tuning us in, is the the fact that Derek Carr has signed with the uh, the New Orleans Saints, and uh, four years, 150 million dollars, 100 million of it uh, guaranteed in some way, shape, or form. Where does that leave now? Because everybody just assumed that if Derek Carr did not sign with the Jets, that uh, the Jets were suddenly in negotiation in some way, shape, or form with uh, the Green Bay Packers for the services of Aaron Rodgers. Joining us now, Zach Rosenblatt. Zach Blatt over on Twitter from The Athletic covering the J-E-T-S, Jets, 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 joining us now on the hotline. Zach, how you doing, man? Thanks for taking a couple of minutes to join us. Yeah, no problem. I'm just waiting for Aaron to make a decision like you guys are, so I have a lot of <laughs> Okay, let me ask you this. What is the fatigue level in New York of the Aaron Rodgers will he or will he not story? There definitely is some fatigue, but I, I think it's it's more just Jets fans just so desperately want to have a good quarterback finally, and you know they, they feel like Aaron's dragging them along when in reality it was probably always going to take up until like when free agency started or close to it. So I think it's probably going maybe not as expected, but it, like I don't know. I fans are frustrated, but at the same time, if Aaron Rodgers becomes a Jet, then they won't care about how long he took to do it. Right. Um, so they're pretty much willing to wait this out as long as he ends up in the, in the green and white. So what is it? Let's just say the Packers don't eat uh, that salary or portion of it. What happens? I mean, I, I don't know what the rumors are in New York, but there's a lot of money that we're talking about besides just the services of Aaron Rodgers. Yeah, the, the $60 million guarantee that you'd have to pay him if you bring him in. I, I had heard there was some hesitance to pay that amount of money in addition to like giving up draft capital. So I – you know, you, you would you would think that that wouldn't be, you know, if the Packers are like, we're not paying a dime of that, you have to pay it, uh, then maybe the Jets, you know, rethink their position. But, um, you know, I think right now they're, you know, first they need Aaron Rodgers to say, I want to go to the Jets. I think that's still, we're a few steps from that, like, negotiation stage, I think, because um, we're still literally just waiting for Rodgers to say, I'm staying in Green Bay, I'm going to the Jets, or I'm retiring. Once he says, I want to go to the Jets, then I think things will move a little quicker. Uh, the Jets don't have a whole lot of leverage now that Derek Carr isn't there, so I think the Packers are going to be able to get more than maybe they would have if, you know, Derek Carr was still on the board. And 
you know, it's, it's all it's all part of the negotiation and all part of the process. And if, if the Packers do, you know, eat some of that money, then they'll be able to get more draft value from the from the Jets, you would think. And if they don't, then I'm curious to see what that trade would look like. What? Yeah, I was going to say, what are the is, is there any rumors of any concrete ilk out there regarding the Jets and what they're willing to give up? Or is it just uh, right now that everybody's just waiting in limbo with speculation? I think it's more everybody's waiting in limbo and then you kind of know. But, I mean, I, I think a lot of the basis of what it might look like is just on the fact that quarterbacks much worse than Aaron Rodgers have gotten pretty decent trade value. Even if you just look at, like, Carson Wentz, the last couple trades, got, like, second-round picks. So if he's getting that, no matter if the Jets are the only team negotiating with them or not, I think the Packers are going to be able to get a, a pretty decent amount of capital out of the Jets from this. I, I still think they can get a first out of them. I, maybe the money part of it is a big factor, but I think they can at least get a first and probably more. For this to be fair, and we all know that Aaron Rodgers said he would make a decision before free agency, so we assume this is coming here in the next. I'm kind of thinking it's this week, but I thought then again it was last week, so who knows. But so what What hinges, what other player personnel moves are hinging upon the signing or not signing of Aaron Rodgers regarding the New York Jets side of things? I mean, kind of everything in a way, I guess, but, you know, I, it's more they need to know if Rodgers is going to be coming to the Jets or if they need to go and overpay Jimmy G, or if they need to bring back Mike White. Like, it, it pretty much, quarterback is their number one priority. Bring in a veteran quarterback. They've specified they want a veteran quarterback. So if Aaron Rodgers comes and doesn't want to come here, then, you know, they have to figure out who the next option is. And so I think, you know, ideally, you know this week, if it wasn't going to be him in particular, you know, he tells you this week he's not going to be, all right, so we can focus on Jimmy G, you can focus on Jacoby Brissett or Mike White. And, you know, not as exciting, but. They need a they need a quarterback. They don't have one right now. They don't want to start Zach Wilson this year. So it starts there, and then they you know they need to build out their offensive line. They need, they need to figure out some cap casualty situations and who they need to cut. Maybe that would change depending on if Rodgers is here or not. And so yeah, there's a lot there's a lot of business that's waiting on on Aaron to make his decision. That was going to be my next question. Is you know you've got another first round draft choice at quarterback that doesn't seem to work out. What just happened with Zach Wilson? I uh, mean, I, th- I think I need more than this short segment to tell you everything. But um, <laughs> I, I would, you know, I, I think a lot. There's there's a lot of factors. I think one of them is maybe there was a little bit of a misevaluation. I don't think just the Jets. I think a lot of teams in the league thought Zach, you know, was was going to be interesting. You know, people saw some homes in you know attributes to him where he could like improvise and make things happen. But I think there was maybe overvalue of his film from his last year at BYU, which was during the pandemic and against some bad teams and. So he gets here, and he's pretty clearly a guy that was probably more of a developmental quarterback than someone who should be thrown in right away. The Jets have admitted they shouldn't have played him right away, and so you know he played pretty poorly that year. His offensive coordinator, Michael Floor, kind of turned on him a little bit and did, made it pretty clear he didn't believe in him, and and so he started losing his confidence. And and then you get to this last year, he loses his confidence, he starts losing the locker room, and, and then it all kind of you know came came to a head in, in the way it ended in, at the end of the season. And now all of a sudden are planning for life after him. I think they're open to the possibility they can develop him as like a backup behind the Rodgers or somebody else. But I, I think everybody in the building knows that they kind of they kind of messed that one up and the way they handled it and, and, and in terms of their evaluation. So there's a lot of angles to that. How much uh, of the hiring of Nathaniel Hackett as the offensive coordinator also is maybe in the hopes of getting Aaron Rodgers and keeping things very similar for Rodgers if indeed he comes there? I would say it definitely was in the back of their mind. What Robert Sala's mind when he, when he hired him, I... You know, I don't think that was the only reason. I know that, you know, Robert was having a hard time finding an offensive coordinator that was willing to come to the Jets. You know, you look at, they might be a coaching staff on the hot seat if they all lose, they're one and done potentially. And 
you don't have a quarterback answer on the roster. Uh, you know, the idea that you might have to, you know, if developing Zach Wilson is part of your responsibility, like does a coach want to do that? And so he ran into some issues with offensive coordinators that weren't quite willing to take the job or the ones that were didn't have play calling experience. So he matched up with Nathaniel Hackett, who was coming off the experience in Broncos and maybe wants to prove something. And he, he's close to Aaron Rodgers and he's called plays before. And it was kind of a perfect marriage in terms of what Robert was looking for. So I think that's part of it. And, and Nathaniel Hackett also will be running a similar offense, which I think Robert Sala was looking for too. So it wasn't only Rodgers, but I, I, I'd, I'd be lying if I said that wasn't a factor because it definitely was. Would, would uh, I mean, is Rodgers the, the linchpin to all of this, to this team really feeling like they're Super Bowl bound? I mean, are they, do they feel they're that close? Yeah, I, I think they do believe that if they get Aaron Rodgers, they're a Super Bowl contender because they look at their defense and what it was last year, and it was pretty elite. They have some young talent on offense. I think they need to fill it out a little more than they than they may maybe do. But um, and their offensive line's a bigger issue than I think it's a bigger issue than they maybe do. But uh, yeah, they they really believe you plug in the star quarterback and you can go on a run. Uh, real quick before I let you go, and I know that uh, they kind of feel like if they if Rodgers comes there, they they could be, be in contention for a Super Bowl. But man, that AFC is stacked. Yeah. I mean, if you had to rank them, you know, even with Rodgers, where would you put them? Would you put them behind Kansas City? Would you put them behind Cincinnati? Would you put them behind Buffalo? Or would you put them ahead of all of those teams? You see, I, that's that's where I'm at. I think they'd be clearly behind those teams. So they still do have a lot of holes on their roster. And the idea that they're a quarterback away, in my opinion. It's not completely accurate, and there's a lot of question marks still on this team. They have to make some tough decisions. If they get Rodgers, that involves cutting guys. That what people forget when you cut guys, you have to replace them. So I, I think they're a few steps away from being like that level of contender. I think they're probably the next step below that. You know the, you know the Dolphins uh, group of teams, and you know teams like that that maybe are have the talent to like you know make some noise in the playoffs. But I wouldn't necessarily trust them against the Bengals, the Chiefs, uh, the Bills, and things like that quite yet. Great stuff, man. I appreciate it, Zach. And then uh, if things break, we'll uh, touch base with you again real soon, okay? Yeah, definitely. Thanks for having me, guys. Thanks so much. There you go, Zach Rosenblatt, at Zach Blatt over on uh, Twitter. Uh, he covers uh, the Jets for The Athletic and uh, some good stuff there. Some uh, And again, you know, so this goes back to, and this is why I wanted to get uh, somebody from New York on, because when you think about it, okay, if Rodgers gets traded, right, and Rodgers agrees to this and says, you know what? Okay, you guys are moving on. I want to go somewhere else. Yeah, it's Nathaniel Hackett. Yeah, it's Robert Sala. Yeah, it's a similar situation. But I don't think you're any closer to a Super Bowl than you are in Green Bay. So if I'm Rodgers and I'm committed to coming back and playing, why do I want to go anywhere else? Why would I? Because you're, you're, you're not. I don't think you're that much closer in New York. And, and I say that because don't forget, when you start to look at this, You've got, and I just reeled off three or four right there when you talk about teams in, in in the NFL, specifically in the AFC, because you got Buffalo, you've got uh, Cincinnati. You, if, if Baltimore keeps Lamar Jackson, I think Baltimore is still legit, you know? Uh, you're still going to have uh, the Kansas City Chiefs. Who knows what's going to happen in Denver? I don't know if I would consider Denver an up-and-comer or not because Russell Wilson had a horrific year last year. There's still the Chargers to contend with. I mean, you've got teams over there. If Tua comes back and he's healthy, could Miami be a team that's in play? You know, in your own division, you could have two teams in the AFC North, two other teams in the AFC East, uh, a couple of teams in the AFC West. You've got a battle pass, whereas in the NFC – I think in, in totality, 
you have a good San Francisco team, a good Dallas team, a good Philadelphia team. Who else are you really battling with that's going to be considered Super Bowl contender? You know what I mean? So if I'm Rodgers and I I really want to I I really want to come back and I want to play for a championship, where do you have the most ability to possibly win? 877-867-1670-877-867-1670. You know, think about that. This portion of the program brought to you by our friends at Quick Trip. I love me some Quick Trip. Stopped in there today. Had to get some chocolate milk. We have these uh, low-fat chocolate milks with our shake for the Trinant stuff, for the uh, meal replacement, and it's fantastic. But I stopped into Quick Trip today, ran in, grabbed a couple of things. I needed some eggs, too, so I grabbed some eggs. And and their bananas are always awesome. So I grabbed some eggs, grabbed some bananas, grabbed some chocolate milk. Uh, used my quick rewards card. In and out. Great stuff. Didn't have to run through the big box stores. I've always said stop in a quick trip because unless you need to go full-on grocery shopping, quick trip's the way to go. And the best part about it is they've got the bacon on sale. Uh, limited couple of packs because the price is so good right now that people are going in and scooping them up. As a matter of fact, the gentleman that was ahead of me had two things of bacon, two breakfast sandwiches, a couple of Red Bulls, and I'm like, where the hell are you going? But he was loading up. But stop in a quick trip. They are just great people, a lot of fun. And, yes, for everybody that's been asking, hey, Bill, we got the cigar dinners coming back this year? Yes, yes, we will. I'll let you know the dates when they become available. But, uh, yes, so we are putting them together as we speak. I think there's going to be six total throughout the state of Wisconsin again this year in June and August, but really looking forward to it. So in conjunction with Quick Trip and Quick Spirits, keep using that Quick Rewards card. You are good to go. More of the Bill Michael Show now. Covering Wisconsin sports like a blanket, this is the Bill Michael Show on the Wisconsin Sports Zone Radio Network. The Bill Michaels Show, we continue on. Big weekend coming up. You've got a lot of different sporting events and such taking place uh, downtown. you got concerts in downtown Milwaukee, Bucks basketball coming up. And uh, it's funny because I had a friend of mine call me and say, hey, the rodeo's even in town. Uh, the, the Stenny's run shuttles to everything. So if you're looking for a terrific place to go before or after and you want to go eat, you want to get a few beverages, you want somebody else to do the driving, drop you off right there at the front door, that's our friends at Stenny, second to National Walker's Point, and it is the, the best wings you're ever going to have. They have the Bill Michaels garlic cheese bread. you got to order it specifically. And uh, then they have just great burgers and their fries. I love their fries. I'll get just a basket of fries and call it a day. Their food is so good. But it's just it's the Cheers of Milwaukee. It is such an eclectic mix. It's so many different types of people. And it's just it's just so cool. And I've been recommending it for years and years and years, and I can't recommend it any more today than I did when I first walked in the place. It's just awesome. So check out our friends at Stenny's Second and National Walker's Point in Milwaukee running shuttles. And when the Brewers get up and going again, they're going to be running shuttles to the Brewers games too. So get a hold of our friends at Stenny's and head on down. Good stuff from Stenny's. 877-867-1670, 877-867-1670. So as I was sitting there asking the question just a little while ago, um, let's say that Rogers is committed. He wants to come back. Isn't his best opportunity? Isn't it the best opportunity to come back and play for, for the Packers? You know, 
correct? I mean, I mean, you know, w- wouldn't you be, you know, Ben, if you were Aaron Rodgers, where would you want to be? I would want to be in Green Bay. I would also be very comfortable there, clearly, with his right? standing in the organization and in the locker room with the guys coming back. So from his perspective, I totally get it. If I'm the Packers, though, I still probably want to try to trade him. Mm-hmm. It, it would, logic would tell you the Packers probably want to want to move him. If you believe, if you believe that that Jordan Love's ready to go, then yeah, the Pack, the Packers would probably want to move him. But if you're still unsure, I I'm not. I wouldn't be convinced. I wouldn't be convinced. I'd be more. Looking at, you know, the possibility of, of say, trying to run it back one more time. I, I just, you, you really would love to be a fly on the wall, I think, at this point. You know what I mean? You just want to be a fly on the wall to know what direction they're going to go and why. You know, or at least to know the insight of, do they feel Jordan Love's a real deal? If they don't feel Jordan Love's a real deal, then this is a no-brainer. But for all, you know, and then when you start to read the Adam Silver article, uh, about Rodgers and about the Packers and how the Packers have said, look, yeah, you know, they're they're open. If he's ready to come back and be a part of this, yeah, absolutely, they're open to taking him back. No doubt about it. Uh, not Adam Silver, Michael Silver. I'm sorry, Michael Silver. Uh, where, you know, they, they if he's all in, their ears are open. If he's not, then as they stated – that Packers believe that he checked out on them a little bit after he signed that big contract extension. He skipped the off-season voluntary workout program and all that kind of stuff, and that his leadership is kind of, quote, down, you know? But if he's ready to go for another championship and he he wants to come back, and then they're receptive. But, you know, as as the quote is in the article, you know, the the, the days of begging him to return are over, you know? Uh, if he tells them he's ready to go, then they're going to talk. But otherwise, they they wouldn't be enthused about you know Aaron Rodgers coming back. So we'll uh, we'll see what direction. Yeah, I might because people say, well, Aaron Rodgers doesn't have any power in it, this. It's like no, he he really does. Because if he retires, you're talking forty million of dead cap money. If he doesn't retire, what's he going to restructure his his money to? How much does he give or not give when it comes to the agreement? Uh, does he want to or not be traded? Does he want to make it tough on the Packers or not? I mean, all of that kind of stuff. So, you know, it's 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 so you just wish you knew what the belief was for Jordan Love behind the scenes. Jordan Love has been the fly in the ointment in one way, shape, and not to his own, not to his fault, but just because of the pick from the day they brought him in. It, it just it's it's been the it's been the 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 giant you know the giant question mark sitting there the entire time that you always have to address in some way shape or form you know eight seven seven eight six seven sixteen seventy eight seven seven eight six seven sixteen seventy now now. Uh, it says, not surprisingly, the Packers started off the season slow with Rodgers struggling to develop chemistry with the new receivers, often appearing frustrated by the rookies. Almost worse that Rodgers seemed to turn it uh, turn it on down the stretch, leading Green Bay to a four-consecutive win uh, stretch run. 
uh, with their season on the line before they actually lost to the Lions on the final Sunday of the regular season, a defeat that cost the Packers a playoff berth. But some of Rodgers' bosses felt that the late run proved their point. That had the quarterback been so invested from the get-go, the season would have actually proceeded a little bit differently. Rodgers then emerges from the darkness, is expected to confer with Gutekinds before the start of the league year, which is on March 15th. And I suppose it's possible that he's going to tell the GM he's all in and will spend every waking hour chasing another Super Bowl, and Rodgers would be welcomed back eagerly in Green Bay, according to the article. He says, my instincts tell me that a breakup is far more likely, whether it's Rodgers forcing the issue, which he has previously said that he does not want to be a part of a rebuilding effort, or the Packers essentially telling him, you don't really seem that into it, let's just move on. And then after that, it gets really complicated, to say the very least. So, a lot of what-ifs, a lot of what-could-bes, should-bes, all that kind of stuff to go. When we come back, though, when we come back, I I, I got to talk a little, I got to spread it out. Got to talk a little Bucks. Got a lot of talk, talk a little Brewers. You got to, right? You got to. And here's a question for you. If you're a Brewers fan, as it stands right now, are you excited about this season? Excited in the sense of belief of what this team is going to do. Are you excited? Are you excited? Going to talk some Brewers when we come back. More of the Bill Michael Show coming up next. The Bill Michael Show Podcast. Listen, rate, subscribe. 